Welcome to Australian Hiker, your online hiking resource. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 136 of the Australian Hiker podcast. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the best apps for hiking. Now, mobile apps have become a familiar part of life, and there is an app for pretty much anything you could imagine these days. Uh, And hiking is certainly no exception. In simple terms, an app is is software that can run through a web browser or, or offline on your computer, smartphone, tablet, or even your electronic devices such as smart TVs and smart watches. And what we're going to look at today is a brief overview of a range of apps that are well worthwhile looking at. Now, I must say here, there are literally hundreds, if not thousands of apps that would be useful for hiking, uh, and this by no means is a uh, comprehensive list of those, uh, those apps, uh, but it's to give you an idea of what's available on the market. We hope you enjoy. Now, we're going to deal with these apps in relation to um, how much we think you should actually have them uh, with you. So the first ones we're going to deal with is must-haves. These are pretty much safety-related apps. And if you have no other apps on your phone apart from these, uh, I think these are the ones that you should have. And the first one we're going to go through and look at is the Emergency Plus app. We've been using this for a few years now. This was designed by Australia's emergency services and government and industry partners, and it's designed as an app for a mobile phone uh, that uses the phone's GPS functionality. Uh, So if you need to call for emergency services, it will give you the coordinates for exactly where you are. Um, I mean, certainly you've got the option of calling triple zero, uh, and that's that's fine. But this this will do it for you and give the ability to actually say to someone, "Look, I'm at this particular area." Um, I mean, how many times have you been in an area where you think, "Okay, look, I'm in a particular suburb, but you don't know the street name," or in our case, you're out bushwalking and you're not quite sure exactly where you are. Not always going to help you uh, if you're in an area where there is just no phone signal whatsoever. Um, but for most of us, though, uh, this is an app that works really well. It's available for both uh, Android and Apple devices, um, and it also provides an option to call the police or the SES if you don't necessarily want to call triple zero. And it's free. And it's free, (laughs) it is. So the next app that we're going to look at is Fires Near Me, and this is a you know pretty topical um, one at the moment, uh, particularly uh, for the east coast of Australia, where we have got fires just absolutely all over the place. So um, you know when you're out and about and you're wanting to know whether or not perhaps you can continue your hike or uh, whether you should go to a particular area. The Fires Near Me app gives you some guidance on what's happening uh, in those areas. Uh, You can get it for Australia or specifically New South Wales um, and it is put together, uh, I guess, in terms of 
a stack of fire information um, provided by fire and emergency authorities across Australia. Um, again, another free one, and I think a really good one to have uh, just in case. I think from my perspective, I, um, I've been using this quite a lot over the last month. Uh, we've still been continuing to bushwalk, even though the fires have been all up and down the New South Wales, Victorian and Queensland coastal areas, and, and now in Western Australia as well. So this is probably one of our worst summertime fires, uh, and it been, it's been impacting on us even before the summertime had started. I think one of the good things with this is I always tend to do a bit of double checking. So I'll look at the national parks uh, information, say if I'm going to a particular park just to see what's going on, uh, and then I'll go through and double check it with this one as well. And it just provides that extra bit of detail, uh, and it does talk about whether the fire has been contained or it's out of control. Um, and as an example here, when we went through and did the light-to-light walk uh, last month, um, we looked on, them on this, uh, this app and discovered that the closest fire to the area we were going to was about 70 or 80 kilometres away. So we knew that we didn't have to worry too much about fires in that specific area. Mm. So it really is a, a helpful app uh, and uh, well worthwhile having. And at the moment, while we're recording this podcast, uh, uh, the outdoors is just thick with smoke, uh, so thick that we thought there was a fire pretty close. Um, it, it's close-ish, but not, um, not on our doorstep, uh, despite the, the heavy smoke. So it was good to confirm that, you know, there was a certain distance between us and the fire. And it was a contained fire as well. So from there, well, now what we're going to look at is the should-have apps. And these are, these are apps that, uh, while I wouldn't class them as absolute necessaries, they are going to go through and help make your uh, hike uh, a bit more safer uh, and or, or and or enjoyable as well. And the first one we're going to look at here is the Bureau of Meteorology weather app. Now, weather apps, there are so many weather apps available on the market these days. Every phone manufacturer seems to have their own weather app. Uh, there is dozens and dozens of apps available. Now, the Bureau of Meteorology app is by no means the fanciest and most graphically pleasing app on the market. So all other weather apps worldwide that actually talk about Australian weather conditions are drawing their information from the Bureau of Meteorology. Uh, so this is virtually a first-hand uh, collection of knowledge, has the information that's relevant. Um, there are, as I said, there are plenty of other options available and some people do have preferences for other types of apps. Um, but this one, uh, I've been using this one for a, a few years now and been very happy with it. And again, as Jill mentioned, this is another free app courtesy of the Australian government. Next one is SunSmart and SunSmart provides sun protection times for over 600 locations across Australia. Um, and it also gives you easy information about um, when it's safe to be out in the sun with and without protection. Um, you can also set alerts uh, to remind you when it's time to cover up um, and uh, basically make sure that you're um, minimising your UV uh, exposure um, on a regular basis. So, you know, really, really useful and, you know, particularly for hikers when we're out in the sun and and we perhaps sometimes uh, forget how long we've been out in the sun, 
that cover up option is really, really important for us. And again, another free one, which is fantastic. So this is uh, the Cancer Council um, app, um, really useful and lots of locations to um, draw your information from. The Red Cross app um, is also a comprehensive pocket guide to first aid and CPR, and it gives you the access to the most up-to-date first aid information pretty much any time and anywhere. There's a series of interactive quizzes on the app to refresh your first aid knowledge that you learned uh, when you did your original first aid course. That was a long time ago. It was, yeah. Now, the instructions are clear and easy to use with helpful videos and images. Um, and this app has been downloaded over 300,000 times in Australia. Now, it's not a, a replacement for having done a first aid course, but sometimes having that little bit of a reminder um, is something that, that, that will be quite helpful. Okay, now on to something just as specialised, I suppose, and this is the Moon Phase Calendar Plus uh, uh, phone app. Uh, and you'll find that there are plenty of options for uh, information on the moon, but this is a specific one, and I've been using this again for a few years now. And for me, the reason I use it is that I do occasionally go night hiking, um, and if I'm doing an extended hike, so on my Bibbleman Track hike last year, I specifically a five week hike. I specifically wanted to do some night hiking, so I'd gone through and identified uh, when there was a full moon. Uh, and it was a full moon that either was around about 5 o'clock in the morning uh, or uh, around about that sort of 5 to 6 o'clock in the evening, um, which meant I could actually keep on hiking at the end of the day and knowing I had a full moon coming up. You know, the last thing I wanted was to actually have a full moon at 2 o'clock in the morning. You know, I wasn't going to be hiking at that time. So this allows you to see the time, which is at, uh, where the full moon is, um, based on the location you're at, uh, and it also gives you the moon phases. So it tells you if it's 100% full or 80% full or 76% full. Which is really good because most of us look up and go, yeah, I think it's, you know, <laughs> 25%. Now, yeah, I think and certainly if, you, if you're not too fussed about uh, planning on night hiking, maybe not, not so critical. Uh, but yeah, as I said, from a pl from a planning perspective, it's nice to know that in two weeks' time or whatever the case may be, there is a full moon at the time that suits. I've mentioned this in the past. One of the things I love doing is hiking in the middle of winter when it's frosty and cold, and there's a full moon at around about the five o'clock mark. Uh, it's really spectacular. But I'm I sure it is, Tim. <laughs> I only get to do this a couple of times a year based on the conditions and, the, and when the full moon is out. So uh, I do actually plan well in advance to do that. I think also if you're planning on doing photography of the moon, it's nice to know that you're looking at a particular uh, uh, type of moon uh, and in a particular location, which can be quite helpful. Now we move on to the nice-to-have apps. And this uh, is the really fun part, I reckon. Yeah, and and there, there is there is there really is thousands of options here, and this is starting to get to the information that you may not necessarily need, but it, it provides a bit of a learning experience on a hike. So the first one we're going to look at is the Sun Surveyor app, um, and this is um, great for photographers to help you attract the sun and the moon, so you can get that perfect shot. It is designed for professionals uh, to plan and capture um, those perfect images 
but it is also great for keen photographers as well. Um, and, you know, those who are photographers would know that that light at particular times of the day is a really uh, critical part of um, the photography. So being able to plan and being able to understand what it might look like and it'll give you uh, images and tracking and all sorts of things that will help you um, plan that once-in-a-lifetime shot. Uh, this is an app that costs nine ninety nine, um, which, you know, is probably up there in terms of the price of uh, apps. Um, but you know, if you're a really keen photographer, this is a great one for you. Still in the realms of looking up towards the sky, the next one is Skyview, uh, and this is for those that are interested in knowing about what's above your head. Um, so I have limited experience and knowledge about identifying uh, <laughs> bodies in, in the sky. I can pick the moon out pretty well. but We love the stars. Yeah. We have no idea what we're looking at. Uh, and I think that's often the case. And, you know, sometimes I think, oh, yeah, that's you, you hear on the news that Venus is particularly bright and you think, okay, well, that's where it is. Um, but this is an app where you can point at the sky and say, it'll actually say, well, that bright star that you've been looking at is actually this particular planet or this particular star. It identifies constellations. Uh, it allows forward planning. So again, from a point of view of you can use this to work out when the moon is in particular areas or if you're trying to get a particular shot or a photography shot, you can use this to say, well, okay, I, I want a shot at this particular time of the day uh, with this constellation and if I line my tin up in this particular area, um, it, it is quite helpful in that. Uh, there is a free version of this one, uh, and there's also a paid version. The paid version is $2.99. Um, it's been downloaded um, uh, uh, a couple of million times, um, and nine million times of the free one. Wow. Um, and, I, and I must admit, I just I, for the sake of a couple of dollars, I do actually like the additional features that are in the, uh, the paid app. Um, it, it has been a really good app, uh, and as I said, if you're trying to get information about what stars you're looking at, um, it, it actually makes quite a big difference. And now we have Avenza Maps, which is a mobile uh, map app uh, that enables you to download maps for offline use on your Apple or Android smartphone or tablet. It connects with your device's uh, built-in GPS um, and will track your location on any of the maps. You can plot locations um, and your photos, you can measure distances, and uh, much more. You can also purchase additional maps um, through the Avenza Map Store, um, but the basic Avenza Map app, that's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Um, that's actually free. So worth exploring um, and worth getting to know. And I think particularly with free apps, you, know, you download it, you have a play with it. If you don't like it, like it you move on to the next one. Now, maps for hiking, there is a huge number available. Um, there really is, and, and, and it, it's a matter of what you tend to like. Um, I must admit, I personally don't use Avenza. I had a play with it. Uh, I use an app called GPX Viewer, uh, and it is just that you download a GPX file, or uh, and normally you can pick these up online from people who have done reviews of hikes or have recorded their uh, their hike with a GPS, um, and you can download these apps uh, and actually follow it along. It's a basic navigation app, but it works really well. Uh, I have used the GPX uh, viewer uh, a number of times, um, but as I said, there are so many options available on the market. Um, it, it really, as I said, 
have a play. Start off with the free ones to start with. Um, and if you, you like the features, maybe upgrade to the higher spec versions if you think if you think you actually really like it. Uh, so there's there's quite a few options around there. And that leads us into the next of our navigation apps, and that's Guthook Guides, also known as Atlas Guides. Guthook is a uh, US-based uh, long-distance hiker, um, and in 2010, he uh, and a friend hiked the Pacific Crest Trail, um, and since then, they've gone through and developed a series of apps for doing a number of trails worldwide. Originally based around the US long trails, uh, it's now also become very well um, used in Australia. Um, I used this to hike the Bibbulmun Track uh, in 2018, um, and from my perspective, I wasn't using it to navigate, but sometimes it was just nice to know that, okay, the next campsite is 10 kilometres away or 20 kilometres away, or you've you've come 15 kilometres from the previous campsite. Um, I did have a couple of instances where I lost focus. I walked off track without realising it, um, and then I thought, hang on a sec, I have gone the wrong way. Uh, drag this out, have a look at it, and realised, yep, I've definitely gone off track uh, by about a kilometre and a half at this stage. I thought, this is not right. Um, and I just sort of said, okay, yep, I know exactly what the mistake I'd made. I just just was, wasn't paying attention when I when I uh, I should have turned. I knew where the turn was, and I just wasn't paying attention. This app has increased in price uh, over the years, and you've got a couple of choices here. You can buy individual trails. Uh, so if you plan on buying or hiking, as an example, the Bibbulmun Track, you can just buy that one track, and that's it. Or you can buy the Larapinta Trail. Or if you plan on doing a number of hikes, you can buy the Australian and New Zealand pack. Uh, and that's what I did. Now, 15 months ago when I bought the, my, the app for Australia, it was around about the $22, $23 mark. Uh, now, as we record this podcast, it's $69.99. But that includes a large number of extra trails that weren't available when I purchased mine. Now, having purchased the app already, I get access to those uh, uh, newer hikes and newer trails that have come online. Uh, and one of the newer ones that's been released is the Heisen Trail in South Australia. So again, that's a trail that I am planning on doing uh, in the next few years. Um, so I will get use of that. Um, it doesn't, all these navigation apps don't necessarily replace uh, paper-based maps uh, and having the ability to go through and navigate, but they, they are a navigation aid that provide a lot of surety and a lot of information. Uh, and a lot of these apps tend to have photos about key features that are there, like an interesting uh, waterfall or a lookout uh, that you're not necessarily going to pick up off a paper-based map. Yeah, and I think the, the idea is really that used with a number of other techniques, um, including your compass, uh, Tim mentioned the maps, and those... Uh, distinctive features you might uh, find along the way. It gives you some confidence um, about where you are and what you're seeing and uh, what might come next. Peak Finder does what the name suggests and it identifies over 350,000, that's a big number, mountain and hills worldwide. And I have to say I really do like Peak Finder. It's the easiest thing ever. Um, you, you're point your phone into a particular direction and 
you can um, instantly get some indication of what you're looking at, which mountains, which hills, and it does make a lot more sense than uh, for me. I'm quite a visual person, so it does help me work out where I am and and where I might be heading. Um, you know, often in our local area, we we know what's around us and we know what we're looking at. But once we step into unfamiliar territory, um, it really is a little bit difficult. Um, and unless you're a truly expert map reader, uh, some of the topography maps, you know, make it a little bit difficult if you've got a couple of mountains close by of similar height and you're not quite sure which one's, you know, at the front and which one's at the rear. Peak Finder sorts all of that for you. Um, and, you know, it's seven ninety nine. It's probably, again, a little bit up there um, in terms of app purchase, but definitely worthwhile. And I can assure you the kids will love it. <laughs> the other thing it also does is um, it provides a bit of information like altitudes and, and contours and things like that, as well as uh, uh, sometimes you'll get a bit of history about what, what it is you're looking at. Um, uh, I... As I said, if you if you're in an area, ideally you should know how to use a map. If you're in, if you're going remote, but sometimes unfolding a paper map uh, and getting it out and saying, "Okay, where am I?" Uh, it's just nice to actually pull the phone out of the pocket, uh, press a button, point the phone, and you know it's a nice, quick sort of process. Well, it's definitely easier than folding the map up again. <laughs> it is the first of our really nature-based ones is iFungi.au. Uh, and this is a mushroom and fungus identification app uh, for both uh, Apple and Android phones that gives you an indication uh, about Australian fungi. And again, it is a really Australian-based fungi. It's not meant to be overseas. And it, I do say here it's indicative. Um, there, quite regularly in the Canberra area, we often get people who poison themselves uh, we have, uh, like a lot of areas in Australia, a mushroom called the death caps mushroom. It is po- highly poisonous. You don't need a lot of it to cause severe health damage or death. Uh, and I've been told by a number of people that this looks like uh, an overseas mushroom that's very, very close in appearance. And, and edible. And, and, and edible. <laughs> so The death know, cap isn't edible. <laughs> so it's the, it's the sort of thing that I... Do have a reasonably good indication, and I, I am able to identify fungi quite well, uh, at least the edible ones. Um, but if there's any doubt whatsoever, um, you tend to keep away from them, and best to, to actually keep away from them altogether. Um, you know, worst case they could be lethal. Uh, best case they might be just really revolting and taste not very good. Uh, so, but it is nice though because you get some really strange fungi that come out sometimes. Um, and I remember uh, using this a few years ago. Um, there was a, a a mushroom that's called an octopus stinkhorn, and I'd never seen one of these before. And you know, this this app provides a couple of ways of identification. If you can look at it and say, okay, it's got this type of stalk and this type of gills and this type of cap, it'll it'll narrow it down through the use of a key. Uh, alternatively, you can scroll through a series of pictures and say that's the one. Uh, click on the picture, and it brings up all the information. Uh, so it's quite handy in that respect. Now, this is another paid app. It's $4.99, but again, it's one that I was quite happy to buy and one that sits on my phone uh, on a permanent basis. The Wetlands Birds Field Guide provides information for iPhone users um, on 
uh, wetland birds of South Australia, Victoria and Tasmania. So for all of those people who are really into the bird watching and in this case, uh, in wetland areas, this is a must for you. And again, it's another free one, which is fantastic. I've recently stumbled across the National Field Guides, which have been uh, developed by Museums Victoria um, to uh, highlight and, and discover the wildlife in a series of eight field guide apps. And there's one for each state and territory in Australia. And the set comprises of a field guide to a Victoria fauna, uh, Australian Capital Territory fauna, New South Wales, Queensland fauna, South Australia fauna, Tasmania and Northern Territory fauna. There are about 2,100 animals, including mammals, birds, fishes, reptiles, frogs and invertebrates from terrestrial, freshwater and marine environments uh, in this app. And it contains uh, descriptions of the species as well as distribution maps and endangered status. So a really useful app to identify what you're seeing, uh, particularly for those more unfamiliar um, uh, animals and reptiles. And again, this one is free. Um, it is updated on a regular basis and it is based on scientific information. So so it's got quite a uh, technical background to it, which makes it much more reliable than some of the other apps you might find. And I think you know, we, we did our human hovel track uh, hike earlier this year uh, and one of the things we'd come across a, a, a bird in a couple of different areas uh, and that built a mud nest which I, I hadn't had much experience with before so I, I once I'd actually got um, uh, internet access I sort of typed in birds that build mud nests uh, in Australia uh, and managed to work out what it was but just having an app on the phone just would have made that so much easier uh, I, I like many people, I suppose, I can I can identify the really obvious stuff, uh, but once you start getting a bit more unusual or a bit less common, um, I'm just not experienced enough to be able to say what it is. So uh, these are good options for that. I would have liked to have been able to talk about um, a plant and animal app where you can take a photo and you know, have a reasonable degree of reliability to identify what it is. Um, th those apps are available, uh, but they're just not that reliable. Um, so, and they tend to be uh, Northern Hemisphere uh, rather than Australian based. So, you know, I think that's something to come and something to watch out for. But um, if you've discovered one for plants in particular, which is my particular um, interest uh, where I can take a photo and uh, identify what I'm seeing. I'd love to hear about that. So, you know, let us know if you've d stumbled upon a good, reliable one. So as we said at the start of this podcast, there are so many apps available and so many different options available on the market. And I know from the point of view of, say, navigation apps, everyone has their own particular interests and, and preferences, uh, and there is no one best app in that respect uh, and it really depends on what key features that suit you um, in last um, the last podcast when we talked to uh, Daniel uh, uh, about professional photography he identified a couple of different apps uh, one was fat maps 
uh, and there was another one as well, which I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, that he uses that particularly for uh, him where he's trying to take photos or trying to work out what the terrain's like, it works really well for him. So there was just so much choice and option out there. It's going to be what suits you. And one thing I would say that um, we have to remember that, you know, we are in the outdoors and the idea is to look out and up rather than look down into your phone all the time. So, you know, really if you want to use apps uh, when you're hiking, pick on a, a couple that are important to you as opposed to, you know, have so many that you 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 find yourself constantly looking down and you end up tripping over every small log and twig. And one thing I would say just to finish off on, on, on talking about apps is they are reliant on you having battery on your phone. If your phone's gone flat, you're not going to be able to use a lot of these things. Uh, from my perspective, I um, do have a number of navigation uh, aids on my phone, uh, but if my phone dies, um, I can always got my GPS. Um, if I'm in an area where I need maps, I will have maps with me as a, as a third option. Um, so never rely on electronics solely. But having said that, though, this is becoming more and more common. Um, for those people that aren't necessarily doing off-trail hiking uh, and using well-defined trails, uh, the electronic maps and apps really tend to be the way to go for, for most people these days. Yeah, and I think they've, they've definitely got a place um, and particularly if, you know, you're wanting to get your kids uh, interested in hiking, uh, I think a, 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 an interesting app is always the way that uh, that's going to spark the attention of a, um, a young person, I'm sure. Now, something we haven't done for a while is our uh, iTunes slash uh, podcast reviews from online. Uh, so uh, I thought it was time to do just a couple of reviews uh, just to hear what people are saying about the Australian Hiker podcast. So the first one from X Weed Farmer uh, is titled Great Listen for All Hikers. Uh, and he says, or she says for that matter, I've recently been bitten by the hiking bug and decided to look for a podcast to help beginning my hiking journey. I tried a few different shows. However, I've found this show to be a great mix of information for beginners like myself, right up to experienced hikers. Very informative, fun and easy to listen to. The only problem I have now is trying to catch up on the older episodes, so I'm up to date. Absolutely love the show, Tim and Jill, and looking forward to meeting you both on the trail someday. Oh, that's a very nice one. They'll be able to recognise you from your your uh, colourful buff, I'm sure, Tim. Yep. Uh, so the next one is from Jack the Pizza Muncher uh, and it's headed uh, The Unicorn of Podcasts. Informative, entertaining, humorous and motivating. It is an absolute pleasure to listen to Tim and Jill talk about their trail experiences, provide honest equipment reviews and discuss the ins and outs of all aspects of hiking. Uh, if listening to this podcast doesn't precipitate a desire to get out into the great outdoors, then you're beyond assistance. <laughs> Keep up the excellent work and thank you sincerely. 
Um, That's a bit of an overwhelming, you know, a couple of overwhelming reviews, which is all very nice to um, to receive. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure how humorous we are, Tim, but you know, (laughs) maybe maybe there's another career out there for us. I don't know. So yeah, thank you very much for those people that have done the reviews. And again, there's uh, there's plenty more which we'll read from time to time. If you want to hear a review, possibly read out on this podcast, please go through on uh, Apple Podcast, um, on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or your app of choice, uh, and we'll read those out when we get the opportunity. Just to finish off this podcast for today, this is the last episode for 2019. Uh, we're not going to be posting a podcast episode on Christmas Day. (laughs) It's been a big year. (laughs) Sorry, folks. We'll be back in early 2020 for our first podcast, uh, which is due for release on New Year's Day. I haven't quite finalised the topic of that. Uh, Partly it's dependent upon the ability for us to do one or two hikes we have planned. Uh, I'm hoping for it to be an on-trail review, but it's going to depend depend on the fire situation (laughs) in the area we're going to. So uh, I won't uh, won't, uh, preempt what that's going to be until we actually do it. On that basis, uh, I would say to people, if you're hiking over the next few weeks uh, leading up towards the end of 2019, do play close attention to uh, the fires in the area you happen to be going to and also the extreme heat. This Saturday, uh, which is um, four days from when we recorded this podcast, the forecast in the Canberra area is 43 degrees Celsius. That's getting pretty extreme. We will be hiking on that day. Uh, Because we're crazy. Because we're crazy. But we will actually be starting our walk at 7.30 in the morning and finish by sort of 9, 9.30 at the latest before the the extreme heat comes in. So if you are going to be hiking in the hotter weather, uh, make allowances for that, shorten the hikes, choose not to hike, uh, but make sure you stay safe. Uh, It's really, the heat is really impacting on people this year. Yeah, and, you know, the the smoke haze as well is another another factor. So... Yes, hike safely and, uh, you know, we'll see you in the new year after a great Christmas break. Uh, we hope Santa, whoever that might be, <laughs> is, is kind to you and brings you lots of hiking gear um, or that you uh, self-Santa and, and buy lots of stuff that <laughs> you that need yourself. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay, that's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me.